from Ennui. This is Ennui Talk. You can support the show and other Ennui projects by subscribing to Ennui Plus on Patreon. But for now, sit down and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, to the Ennui Talk podcast, everybody's favorite podcast. And I'm your host, Matthew Winter, as you all should know. And today, another guest, Woot Woot. Um, I'm here with Logan Lofgren. Um, he is a podcaster, host of This Is Not A Podcast, The Podcast. Um, I found you from, I was on Reddit and I was, I don't know where this came from. I was probably on a Nirvana The Man The Show subreddit and I posted something yeah. and someone messaged me and said, hey, you like Nirvana The Man The Show, you might like this podcast called This Is Not A Podcast the podcast so i thought that like I, that's that's i think that's a very very odd introduction like that's how we sort of met then i met message you on twitter and said or instagram or whatever the fuck it was and said hey nice podcast cool stuff and then you know we linked up and now we're the best of friends logan that's what it sort of yeah. turned into it's a fairy tale absolutely beginning absolutely no yeah that's probably my marketing team out there um spamming reddit and and Twitter, a lot of a lot of my show is um, incorporates uh, you know marketing tactics like that. Like um, I have bots that that send out automated messages now to uh, to a random people links to my podcast. It's fun. Interesting. That's actually very 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 smart marketing strategy. Um, let's just go. I want to go back to the beginning. So um, yeah yeah yeah. What I was going to ask was so. W- what would you describe yourself as a podcaster? Is that your first sort of, is that what you think of yourself as first and foremost? Um, no, Okay. I well, don't know what I think of myself as. Is that what you think of yourself as? Well, Do I don't, you, I th- podcast is the first thing. I feel like it's one of, it's probably one third of what I do. I feel like I'm a podcaster. I feel like I'm, you know, one third podcaster, one third general producer, and then one third savvy businessman um <laughs> i think podcasting is definitely my best strength but i think i i like to think of myself as just somebody who makes stuff i'm a creative um yeah would you would you call yourself that if if you had to put it under or one umbrella would you just call yourself a creative yeah i think i just like to make stuff at the end of the day and uh the podcast seemed like a good opportunity when um sort of the pandemic hit and everyone was stuck inside. Um, hmm. Right? Podcast seems like the go-to idea there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm obviously working on other things beyond podcasts. Um, but I, I generally don't care. People can, you know, people will call you whatever the heck they want to call you. Hmm. Podcasters fine. With this is not a podcast. The podcast. It is a very very interesting idea to explain it's not a traditional podcast it's not just a um you know three white guys sitting at a at a table with a microphone um it's very because when i think when when the large majority of people think of the word podcast they just think of oh these youtubers started a podcast these three white guys started a podcast yeah you know sort of you know inspired by that talkback radio your podcast and several other you know podcasts that people don't really know exist the thing this sort of um 
narrative podcasting, essentially. That's how I've I've sort of um, described it. Um, it's it's a very it's it's not really that mainstream yet. This sort of podcasting. If my own mother was to come into this room, and she said, "Oh, what's this is not a podcast. The podcast. How would you describe it to her?" Oh gosh, um, it's the worst trying to describe it to people, honestly. But um, I would just generally say it's a podcast about the making of the podcast. So um, whatever whatever is happening in my life with the podcast, for example, if I'm trying to promote it, um, if I'm sending people links to it on Reddit or or Twitter or Discord then there will be an episode about that. And um, a lot of the times, you know, you know, interesting co- stuff comes from just like, you know, being a normal podcaster. And um, I find myself in, in, in crazy situations. But yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's just that simple. It's a podcast about the making of a podcast. I, I don't know. How would you describe it to your mom? If she walked in here. The exact same way. But it's very, very, um, I feel like it's, it's that sort of new age. It's that sort of new age sort of, um, framing of podcasts. It's a very, it's very surreal. It's very absurd as we've sort of, um, you know, privately we've discussed that, um, you know, your podcasts and sort of the network of podcasts that work around you are the adult swim of podcasting. And that's the, that, that's the best way to, um, describe it, I think it's sort of in that sort of vein. It's very, it's not straightforward. It's, you know, you chuck a big L, you know, you think you're going one way and it's, you know, you chuck a quick right turn. It's not what people expect, especially from podcasts. And, you know, if somebody just scrolled on, was just, you know, browsing on Spotify and then just saw your podcast and said a podcast about a podcast, you, you, you don't know what to expect. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, there's, there are, because there, there's a million podcasts that are just talking, that are just like, you know, that talk radio sort of um, format. Joe Rogan, obviously being the best. On We Talk, mm-hmm. obviously being the second best. And I think that it's like, it's a medium that <laughs> podcasting is, an, I love the, the podcasting medium. Um, I got into it before, like, producing it and listening to it. I got into it before all of my friends. Now it seems like every fucking Tom, Dick, and Harry has a podcast. What inspired yeah. you to do um, to actually make it a podcast itself? Obviously, you could do the same sort of thing as, you know, not necessarily this is not a podcast, the podcast, but like, you know, yeah. you could do the same sort of vein in a different sort of format, like a video format, for example. Is there a reason why you sort of went the sort of podcasting route for it? Yeah, I think it's it's just like an untapped territory. I think there's a lot in podcasting that, hasn't been explored. Um, like you said, most people, their general perception of a podcast is either Joe Rogan or like, you know, a very like unprofessional, just three people sitting in a room, the echoes bouncing off the walls and whatnot. Um, and I think that's what most people think when they, so, so it's fun to play around with if that's the, you know, intention of somebody or like the general impression of podcasting that that person has and they you know listen to a show that 
you know, isn't that or almost plays with the idea of that, then then it makes for an interesting podcasting experience. Um, but like the general like thesis statement or the mission statement, whatever of the of the show was to just like have just to sort of like highlight real conversations with real people. So, um, you know, I would I often record people without them knowing it um, and, and use it in, in the podcast to sort of whatever support the narrative or whatever is going on in the episode. Um, so I, th I think that is interesting, just having conversations that we don't normally hear, like often mundane conversations, um, rather than like what we're doing now, where it's like, okay, we're, we're two people, this was a planned um, podcast episode. Um, I, you didn't get, you know, I don't know exactly what you're going to ask me, but I, I have a good idea or whatever. I know it's relating to my podcast. Like this is very much like contrived. Um, whereas, you know, the conversations in my show, it's just, you know, normal conversations you have with your friend on the phone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? It does answer my question. And I think it's there, you know, in a lot of the things that I'm a fan of, for I feel example, like we're making it sound so boring. No, but I don't think yeah. so. I think it's such an interesting sort of thing. I think it's like because there's so many other mediums that do the whole, you know, interacting with people in real life. Um, let's cave just a, a yeah. the old one of the oldest ones in terms of like YouTube content would be you know um, pranking people on the street, and then there's sort of mm -hmm. a bit more of a premium version um, with like you know some of those mockumentaries like Nirvana the Band the Show, for example. It's, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, there's the, you know, you could give Borat as an example, like getting real life reactions, blah, blah, blah. And this is sort of a toned down, more authentic sort of um, way of framing that sort of um, storytelling tool. Do you know what I mean? I think it's like, yeah, and I think you've done a very, very good job at it as well. I think not many people can, um, you know, anybody could really, you know, every, anybody can get a microphone and do a podcast. And really, anybody can get a microphone and record conversations and make it into a podcast. But making it a good one, yeah, that's a whole, whole different thing. And that's the thing. I think you're a very good storyteller. You work with what you've got. You've, you've set boundaries for yourself as well um, in that sort of sense. Like it, it, would, it could be a whole different um, feel if everybody recorded knew what was going to happen. You know, people change when there's a when there's yeah. a camera in front of them, a microphone in front of them, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and that's what makes it unique. That's why I think that. Yeah, that's. Hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's sort of the whole idea. Is like, I think I even mentioned it in episode two. Like, as soon as people know that you're recording them, they just like they aren't their true self. Like they they can often be good at portraying what you know their quote unquote true self, but. Um, but they're, they're, it's not authentic, you know, it's acting at that point oh, and they know they're being recruited. Absolutely right. Everybody plays a character. Everybody plays a character in real life, yeah. just, you know, at their workplace, you know, in front of their, um, certain people, et cetera, et cetera. And I did want to backtrack actually onto one thing you said, which was, you know, you come on this podcast and like, you know, we're going to talk about the podcast and that's mostly because obviously, you know, you have a podcast and it's sort of in a way partially promoting the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. But I find you an interesting person. And that's the other thing as well. It's like, 
And, you know, one reason why I am very inspired by Joe Rogan is he can interview, he can talk to a person without it making it seem like an interview. I have done many, many podcasts in the past with guests and it just feels like, oh, um, so you worked on this video and can you tell us about how that worked? Or um, you were involved in this drama on Twitter and how did that come about? Rather than let's just talk about, let's just have a conversation. And that's one thing that I think is um, differentiate, differentiates my podcast from many, many others. It doesn't just come across as um, a straightforward interview. They're fucking boring. Um, not always. Yeah. Some people do them very, very well. Um, but, and that's the thing as well. It's like, um, I've interviewed, quote unquote, interviewed. I've had people on the podcast who are, you know, small. You know, I've, I've had a, um, a few, you know, creators who have got like, you know, no subscribers, not no subscribers, but very little subscribers, you know, not many fans, very little views. And you, you want to say their names? Uh, I will. No, I'm not. Look, I'm, I'm not a prick. <laughs> well, I am, but like, oh, I'm not, okay. you know, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to out them on the podcast, but it's like, that's the thing. Um, okay. You know, you can mention them and it's like, oh, you know, you you make some videos, blah, blah, blah. And like discuss that. But, and I think most people are aware of the fact that they ain't shit. I guess is the best way to put it. It's like, you know, for example, you, you make this really good podcast um, that I enjoy. And I think, you know, it should be much, much, much more popular. But at the end of the day, I think that not everybody's going to yeah. come on here and just want to listen to you talk about your podcast for 50 minutes. I And I, that's the same thing with me. I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk about me making videos for 50 minutes. Do you know what no. I mean? No, like, yeah. That's, that's the thing. I think that people want to listen to good conversation more than anything. Um, and there's, I also don't think Agreed. there's many podcasts that, for example, when you listen to Joe Rogan, it's the whole, you know, you're listening to somebody who just secured a million, million, million dollar deal talk to other famous people. And while it's good and a lot of the conversations are good, sometimes it's like, I'm just rich, listening to rich people talk. Do you know what, does that, does yeah. that make sense? And I think like, no, yeah, hmm. that's definitely like, that was, yeah, that was even like. And that was pretty much you're essentially describing one of the like episodes I made too, um, because like I said, that was sort of the whole mission statement was like just get rid of these conversations with you know all these celebrities that have like a very like just like a very polished you know um, brand or whatever, and and just you know have real conversations with real people and and make them edit them in a way that that is like seems extraordinary you know that um and and just taking the mundane and and making it seem um you know i don't know just making it seem uh, more normal because people 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 think that that's just like how like they see a joe rogan interview that they think that oh that's must be how they talk in real life but it's like no i mean i'm sure they're normal they have normal lives we just don't get to hear them in that setting um but Absolutely. uh yeah so i'm rambling no is that no look i ramble i'm the exact same and <laughs> that's why i'm that's why um you know I've, I've had to um just as a podcast host oh i, I used, i've had to edit myself so many times in terms of like how i speak um if I didn't really edit myself, this podcast would go for an hour and a half and only about oh. half an hour would be good of it. Um, one thing well, I yeah, 
do lots of editing. Edit, edit, edit me down. To, no, I'll, to, look, to, that, uh, I, and I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll need to. Obviously, like you know, I could edit it down and you know make the the, the best Titus podcast ever. But that's the other reason yeah. why I don't because I like that sort of authenticity. I like the uh, yeah. I like the um, I like the you know thinking of a thought. It's it's the authenticity. I did yeah, have. I just hate talking about the podcast. Like I like when other people like say things about the show. Like. A lot of times I'll have people like listeners from the show, like featured in the episodes and what they got from it. It's their reactions are a lot more interesting than whatever I have to say, I find. Um, but sorry, you're going to say something. No, well, I just want to go with that actually, because that's very interesting. Um, do you think, do you, with the feedback you get, has it affected the way that you've changed it? Have you changed the show? Have you changed the format or any aspect of the show because of feedback? Cause I find that a very, sort of interesting concept. I don't know if I've changed anything, um, but I'm sure it's made its way into the show somehow. Um, Mm. And like the feedback I get from the show is like ranges has such a wide spectrum. Like, and in episode four, I think um, somebody hears a Spotify ad for my show on Spotify and, and, and then finds it. And then, you know, is, he he sort of you know really enjoys it or whatever um but 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 during that night like i guess he was like feeling suicidal and whatnot and like was just going through a bunch of stuff and i he he said like just putting on the podcast was just like i guess very like calming for him and you know because he was very much you know sick of that whole instagram like curating your life and and you know everybody you know, trying to come out across a certain way in my podcast sort of, I don't, I don't know if it completely rips down those walls or whatnot, but it definitely puts a, puts a dent in them. And uh, I guess he found it soothing, but, but that's like one case. And then there's another case where like, I'll send a link to somebody on discord or whatever, or Reddit like you, and, and they'll just like completely be insulted and like, will curse me out. And and I, th- I think it was episode four too. I, I got a conversation with me arguing with some guy on Discord about um, promotion, podcast promotion, and whatnot. Um, so I, I love all feedback and like reception to my podcast. Um, it all helps the show, especially if it can actually be content, and like the like those two cases were. Um, but I don't. It hasn't changed too much. It's it, it's a very self-referential show, obviously, because it's about the making of the podcast. And I think I've tried to do that less or like just tried to like not have every episode be so meta and like and whatnot and just, I don't know, hmm. try to try to do less, if that makes sense. No, just I know. Sort of let yeah. them breathe a little bit more, but. Hmm. I know what you mean. Like, I think it's. That's what yeah. actually, that, that's something that I had to do. Like it was, um, you know, to last, oh, you know, 2018, 2019 sort of thing. A lot of the podcast was me talking about or bringing up, oh, well, this video or, you know, this aspect of the podcast or here's something I want to do with Ennui or whatever. And it's shit. I don't think people, I think it's sort of, um, when you talk about yourself too much, it becomes, like, you know, it makes me sort of seem sort of e- egotistical for one. Um, and I think it turns a lot of people off. They, you know, 
obviously they like hearing about it, some of them, but like when you keep talking about it all the time, it just, I think, I think it turns <laughs> Like we're doing off. now. But that, 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 that's the thing. I yeah, think yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's involved in a larger concept. So that like, that's why I have a, um, I had an, a Patreon exclusive show called the Omni Writers Room, where it was exclusively talking about, oh, this, this video we did or this thing we want to do or whatever. So, you know, I could scratch that itch. One thing that I was, that, um, that you, with, with feedback that I want to talk about was, I think there's a fine balance between, um, you know, constructive criticism and people giving feedback when they never liked you in the first place. And I think it's about the filtering mm-hmm. out of that. Um, Joe Rogan actually talked about on a podcast about getting comments on Spotify because that's what he lo- liked about YouTube. It's the community there, but he doesn't look at that. He's somebody who can, um, he can, you know, reflect on his podcasting abilities himself without having to look at the comments, you know, it yeah. might, it might be that one, two, three people around him that go, Hey Joe, blah, blah, blah. Hey Joe, don't have Alex Jones on again, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but not having to look at the feedback necessarily. Um, see, I'm, I'm, I don't think like with like comments and feedback, like I don't really leave comments on videos. Occasionally I do. And I never really reach out to somebody. It's like occasionally I might reach out to somebody and go say, Hey, I really like your stuff, but that's very, very rare. I wonder what the percentage of people who actually like listen to, okay. For example, your podcast, how many people mm-hmm. who listen to the podcast, like what percentage do you actually think come and leave feedback of some sort? Oh yeah. I'm trying to, I've been trying to think of feedback that I've gotten and it's, it's not a lot. Like usually when I, cause I did this whole thing where I would, I would send a person a link on, mm-hmm. on Twitter and tell them to listen to it. And if they didn't like it, that I would pay them a dollar. And, um, and I've actually made more money than I've lost um, doing that. I think it, it was actually crazy. Like somebody just like offered to donate me like fifty dollars, and then other people just gave me dollars. Yeah, it was so weird. Um, and then you, the majority of people who wanted a dollar didn't listen at all. Um, and then, yeah. But but very little like I maybe one or two people listened and were like yeah it wasn't really my cup of tea um, but keep doing what you're doing but yeah as far as feedback goes um, I can't think of any I mean I know some people are like I'm sure some people are deterred by some of the audio quality I have but I mean it's it's just it is what it is i'm an idiot walking around with a recorder a lot of times going out and into public so like not everything's gonna sound crisp and like i think i i like that stuff i i like you know lo-fi sounds sometimes it's it's good to have a balance but um no i I don't nobody gives me feedback um maybe maybe they should maybe they should send me an email why not Send him an email. Send like an email about his, um, about his podcast because I don't, I don't, I don't get any feedback like ever. I actually the only feedback I've ever gotten was so some people who have, who do or have worked at McDonald's have given me feedback here and there. Um, sometimes I've been the manager on a close shift and you know the store's closed and then kid gets out his speaker and he's playing the fucking on we talk podcast and I always laugh my own little jokes that because I can hear it from the manager's office and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the only real feedback I've got was one, it was, hey, I liked your podcast. I like that it's 30 minutes. Because um, I used to sort of, for, for one, I used to cap it at 30 minutes because I used to video all the podcasts. That was my sort of um, thing. I, I felt like it needed to be videoed to differentiate. And my Canon camera mm. at the time cut off at 30 minutes. So I was like, you know what? Let's work with that. <laughs> Let's work with that. And That's I've, hilarious. And I've slowly and slo- I've slowly sort of gone to like 40, 45. It's, it's sometimes it gets to an hour depending on who the guest is. Um, but I like them being shorter. Like I've had many people say they don't like Joe Rogan because some of them are like three hours long. He did one with Tom Green mm-hmm. um, the last month and it was five hours long. I listened to the whole thing eventually, but took a fucking while. With your podcast, yeah. it is quite short. It's like, what, 20 minutes? You like, you know, give or take roughly. Um, did, was the that... episodes have been getting longer. I think my last one was an hour. Interesting. I did say, I, actually, I, I do yes. recall that now, actually. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's just depends on whatever the episode needs or whatever. I was... I mean, this this episode I'm working on now is going to be the finale, and this is probably going to be like maybe hour twenty, hour and a half. So, just whatever the episode requires, um, I guess. But yeah, the original intention was just like 15, 20 minute episodes, and I don't think I ever hit fifteen. But the first few were like twenty or around there. See, I think that's with like any medium of anything. Like I've always had the trouble with oh shit, this video needs to be over 10 minutes. And that was just because, oh, then I can insert like an ad in the middle. For one, I'm too small to put to put fucking ads in my videos anyway. What am I worried about? Um, but I think it's just like, if it needs to be 15 minutes, it needs to be 15 minutes. Don't chop down 15 minutes to mm-hmm. 10 and then, you know, you remove key parts of the story. Yeah. I, I think. I mean, it is mm. good to have some sort of like, box you want to work into like sometimes i will like just give myself like a fake like all right this episode is not going to go over 45 minutes Hmm. you know and and then you can sort of trim off some some clips or whatever tighten up some things but don't ever let it like dictate like like a canon camera that cuts off at (laughs) 30 30 and you're sweating when it like hits 29 no, you know, it was horrible. But uh, that sounds hilarious. That sounds like a good. That's like how all TV shows should have been made. No, exactly. Yeah, if, if the camera cuts off, it's like it's done. Right in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you better, you know, you better, you better, um, you know, finish off your point. Get the episode done. Otherwise, the cameras are turning off. But like, I think it was. I think that yeah. you know that was a box that was good for me at the time. Now it's sort of like okay, sometimes. The conversation needs to go on another 5, 10, 15 minutes. Um, I have had episodes where it's, they've gone too long. I've actually had one. It was supposed to be one episode. Ended up being, I cut it in half and it was two hour and a half episodes. Good episodes, just a fucking lot. There was a lot going on in them. Yeah. When it was like, you know, planning to only yeah. be one episode. Yeah. I mean, my last episode was an hour and that was by far the longest. And that just felt like... Well, I was I was I was putting in conversations that I had on other podcasts, like other podcast interviews that I've done, mm. and it was sort of an episode about going on a, other podcasts. So um, that just felt like it was all right to like leave like a five or ten minute conversation in the episode. 
Um, you have to for that sort of thing. You know, Do you, if you're going to give that con- if that if it's part of the story, it it works. And you know, I don't think people really yeah. see podcasting as like, especially like narrative podcasting. They don't see it as storytelling, but it very much is. Like my favorite um, narrative podcast is um, Reply All. Um, mm. Brilliant podcast. Um, my favorite episode that they've ever done was they. It was sort of, and I, I guess it's sort of like documentary podcasting in a way as well. But it was what they yeah, did was they. I've heard it. It's a, my favorite episode that they've ever done. Is it was an episode where were, one of them was getting um, called from a call center, and then he just started. You know, he kept spamming yeah, them, so he I just kept calling one. them back. Yeah. Brilliant episode, and they end up going overseas and you know, trying to you know figure out who these people are. Blah blah blah, and very very good. You know what one's good? Mm. The the one where they try to they need to figure out the name of the song. Oh, that's a that brilliant episode. What was the concept of that? that it was like um, a guy. Was this guy working... had a song stuck in his head, hmm. and he couldn't figure out the name of it. Right. That's was what that it was. Because I think it was like when he was younger, he heard it in a like a oh, it wasn't a Walmart. It was it was one of those sort of stores, but it was, and then he's never mm. been able to find the song ever since. And it was just yeah. some, well, I shouldn't spoil it, but it was, you know, the guy, the hosts go to many, many different lengths <laughs> to find where the fuck did this, this song come from. And it's a very, very interesting um, story of like how, um, you know, music licensing worked and, you know, mm-hmm. record deals worked. Like it became more than what you sort of expected. Um, and that's, why, that's why I feel like narrative podcasting is a very, very, it's, it's something I've, I've always wanted to get into. Um, like, I feel like there's so many stories with internet culture in the grant and like, you know, in the, on, over the, the, a broad sort of spectrum. Um, I feel like there's so many stories that could be told that, you know, you could discuss in an in interview form, but it'd be much better told as sort of like a narrative podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there's many, many. Movies. No, another good podcast by Gimlet is a uh, heavyweight. Have you heard that one? I have. I've heard of it, but I haven't listened to very, very much of it. Oh, it's amazing. It's yeah, it's one one of my favorite podcasts. How would you describe heavyweight? Like just for um, to a random listener. Yeah, it's just essentially a pod. This guy, um, will like go back into someone's life and like try to. Like, usually it's someone who is, like, has some sort of, not necessarily traumatic, like, you know, nothing, like, dark, like, very, very dark, but, like, a moment in their life that affected them profoundly and, like, sort of haunts them and, like, maybe moments that they didn't have closure and he's, this guy sort of inserts himself in the, in the situation and tries to tries to get some sort of reconciliation out of it. I don't know. I'm sure there's a better pitch way to describe it, but I think it's, it's funny. The, guy, mm. the dude's hilarious. I think it's a good way to describe it. I think it's like, because that's like, yeah. obviously, what is easier to produce? A documentary podcast or a documentary film? Absolutely, the podcast, because it's just audio. That's all you're working with. Don't have to work with, you know, color grading or, you know, making sure you get the right shot and all yeah, that sort of thing. actually, it's... It's funny that you bring that up because this episode that I'm making on making right now, it's the finale of season one, and it's very, it's probably like the most documentary esque of of them all, and it actually 
like is going going to include audio from like a failed film project that I was making during the quarantine. Interesting. Um, yeah. So like when when the quarantine happened, like back in March, here or I should say the lockdown and whatnot. Uh, when the lockdown was a thing, I was like, okay, I can't really go out and like shoot anything, right? Like, mm. it's it's. I mean, I don't even know what I would shoot, but but I wanted to create something, so I started um, this project that sort of all took place on my laptop screen. I mean, it's a very sort of common device now used. Like, a, if you've ever seen those like unfriended movies, yeah, 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 I have. Those are like that's like a silly like version of it but like i thought it would be interesting to have a documentary um told through a laptop and like there were shots like where i went out and, and like shot in public too and whatnot so it wasn't just all on my laptop and it had cell phone footage and whatnot but um yeah i, I would record conversations with my friends um during the pandemic uh all kinds of things uh went on omegle one night got some good content there um what, what's some other things oh when I, uh, you know, the whole toilet paper outage, I don't know how crazy it was in Australia, to be honest. Oh, it was bad. But it was pretty bad as well. Yeah. Um, I, I like went to the store and like tried to buy toilet paper and there, there obviously wasn't any. So then I went around asking my neighbors for some and they didn't give me any either. So then I ended up having to go into a gas station and, and stealing toilet paper from the bathroom there. Was um, it, that, that's so like, horrible. I, that is horrible. Yeah, but it, yeah, but it's it's just the reality of what the situation was like. Then it's it's a crazy to think about now. But anyway, I was filming all of that stuff, and I don't know. I, I don't know really. I guess I stopped when I started making the podcast in like June. Mm. Um, but now I'm I have all this audio and stuff that I recorded with video as well, but I'm, I'm just using the audio for the podcast and it's sort of almost like a little quarantine edition of the podcast. Cause in my show, I mean, I haven't mentioned the COVID once, like I don't like make it a deliberate point not to bring it up, but like, I don't know. It's just like, we hear about it so much. Like what's the point of, you know, talking about it or and whatnot or mentioning it. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, I discussed it sort of right at the beginning when it happened. It's like we were calling them the quarantine, the quarantine casts or whatever, just as a little joke. And then it was like, what else do we say about it? There's nothing, especially here in Australia, because it seems yeah. like it's gone up and down, up and down. You know, whole city gets locked down, then it's fine. And then, our, you know, New Zealand's fine. And then it's like, well, what are we doing wrong? And then it's like, you know, little stories of, oh, these two, like, um, young women, like, 20, 20, 21, wanted to go up to the Gold Coast to party. So, they went through two states, both had coronavirus, mm -hmm. and then just, you know, they had to close the borders down after that, which is, it's crazy. It's, so, I, I, but that, that's the thing. That's nothing compared to what's going on in the States. The States has got it so much worse. But it's, what can you add to the conversation? That's with anything. It's like, um, especially with this podcast, sometimes it's like, Oh yeah, we could talk about you know the what's a what's a good example recently. So there was a, the the Onision documentary, and you know I found that very interesting. And I sort of talked to a friend and said, "Oh, we should review that." You know, he's a big YouTube star. Chris Hansen was involved. It'd be very interesting to you know look at that. 
but the what documentary? Onision. Have you heard of Onision? Oh, okay. Yeah, he's um. No, uh, but Chris Hansen. I know Chris Hansen. How was he? He Chris Hansen was in, on my podcast too. Interesting. That's interesting. Holy shit. Yeah, he's he's at at the end of episode two, sort of a sort of end credit thing. Interesting. I like that. Because, like, Anision was, um, oh, he's treated his girlfriends like crap, and apparently him and his current partner being, like, they groomed a young woman, and, you know, all this sort of garbage. Because then there was mm. a documentary on Discovery Plus, and, mm. you know, but then the documentary, the thing was, I watched, because I watched a, a video about it today, the documentary was sort of made for people who don't know anything about YouTube, and it's, mm. it's sometimes it's hard to explain things around internet culture in a way that normies will understand. Mm. And it was all, and it was also not like a very well put together documentary. Like you could have it on the background, not pay attention for a few minutes, and not miss any of the story whatsoever. That's on Discovery Plus. Yes, on Discovery Plus, and I can't believe it. It got you, on there. Are you a subscriber to that? I am not actually. Um, but I've got a VPN. Oh. I could get on. I could get on there and you know sign up and all that sort of stuff. Because I don't think it's available in Australia, actually. Oh yeah, I was about to say I don't know anyone with Discovery Plus yet. That's that's the thing as well. I think that it, it was like a way to sort of it's a it was a whole marketing scheme. Let's get young people onto Discovery Plus to watch this Anision documentary, and then hopefully they'll watch our other content. But it doesn't really. It doesn't always work like that. It really, no, they it tried really that does. with feature films and it hasn't worked with YouTube no. stars. No, exactly right. And, you know, there's so many... Oh. YouTube, is a YouTube, YouTube and streaming services are completely different platforms. There are not many people who, are, who have been able to sort of cross over into that. But then when I think about that as well, because obviously, you know, we're both fans of sort of... Um, I guess the best way to, des- to describe it is alternative comedy and... Some of the people in that sort of sphere really started as like YouTube stars. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, okay, what's a good example? Um, well, is Tim and Eric is I, or I feel like Tim and Eric was more of a. I think they sent a tape out to, oh, uh, who plays um, Saul on Better Call Saul? I'm mix- I can't remember his name whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Bob, Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. And I think it was, they were two film students and they made these little short things and they and he said, oh, okay, that's these are pretty good. Let's get you a deal with Adult Swim f- with Tom Goes to the Mayor. And then they started doing mm-hmm. online stuff with that blah, blah, blah. Um, but I feel like... Well, Nirvana, the band, the show was a YouTube series. Exactly right. That's probably the that's probably the more the more recent example yeah. I should have brought up. Um, but yeah, that sort of started as a web series they were doing since oh years, years and years and years. And it's you know you can see how they've advanced as filmmakers, blah blah blah. And um, Matt Johnson has obviously like made well both of them really. Like Jay was involved in um, Jay McCarroll was involved in the production, but um, Matt Johnson's made a lot of good films since the web series. And then that sort of proved to Vice that hey we can make a, a really good mockumentary, just give us the reins, give us the money, and we can make something good. Um, yeah. I really like Matt Johnson as a filmmaker, too. Yeah, because the YouTube show, yeah, the YouTube show, I don't even think was, like, a big hit on YouTube. No. Like, I, I don't even think it had, like, a cult following a little bit, but no, I think it wasn't even, like, they weren't stars, per se. Oh, God, no. But, um, I think the it's... The Dirties is... Oh, brilliant. 
what did it for him, I guess. See, behind me yeah, in my podcast, you got the set, there behind you. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen, I've seen the setup. It's and that's it's it's one of my favorite movies of. Well, it's one of my three favorite movies. That's why it's Agreed. one of my, in my background. It's such a unique way to tell a story as well. It's sort of this meta documentary, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, they're filming their own sort of documentary in a way, blah, blah, blah. And um, it should be required viewing for like anyone who wants to make a film or anyone in film school or anyone who wants to make anything because it's all about making something great with you know, the means that you have and using your whatever, like shortcomings or whatever, your lack of budget or your lack of this or your lack of that and utilizing that as a way to enhance the story, really. It's it's genius. I, I 100% agree. And, and as you said, the word there is enhance. Absolutely. Using what you've got to enhance it. I think that if it was any other filmmaker with the same story and the, say, the same filmmaking methods they could have fucked it up completely because oh yeah nothing seems out of the ordinary do you know what i mean everything makes Mm -hmm. sense with um how it was filmed like him watching back on the footage it's like you know there's you you have a reason from the start hey we're filming a movie for him to for matt's character to be shown watching his own footage Etc. Etc. For those who don't know about the movie, the Dirties is these two guys, Matt and can't remember his friend in the movie. Um, they're filming a film for their film class, and they're filming a lot. They're filming all the time. They're filming each other because they're the guys who are the cameramen as well. Um, and then it's related to the Dirties, who are the gang at their school. And then um, Matt starts reading about Columbine, and you know it goes from there. But it's a, it's a school shooter um, film. And I think he did a, a brilliant job at it as well. And I think it's like, you know, with the filmmaking t- um, the filmmaking style it was as well, he was also able to make a message. Like, it's not just a good movie as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's much, much more than that. He was able to use these techniques to make a good film that also tells a story. As I said before, for any other filmmaker. Yeah, it's much more... Yeah. It's much more of like a... It's much more of a commentary on like filmmaking rather than it is um school shooting or gun violence or whatever people whatever you know political beliefs people have about that it's not about that at all it's really just about creating something and and whatnot i would say it is i I would say it's more about school shooting than i originally thought if anything, obviously it's not just a base around school shootings, blah, 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 but it's about, I feel like not, not necessarily school shootings, but how, oh, you know, I, but I guess that links to sort of the, the high school aspect of it as well. You know, how people treat each other, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. There, there's so many, I think, you know what I think it is? I think there's so many different little messages that link into the one main story that makes it so great. You can't say it's a school shooter film. You can't say it's a high school film. You can't say it's a movie about making a movie. But that's probably the one that yeah. would be the main, you know, would make up the large um, majority of it. But it's not this one thing. I think that's what makes it a good movie as well. Um, you know, it's easy to follow. It's easy to, to watch and enjoy. But I think, it's a, I think it's a bit of a niche film as well. I don't think everybody would enjoy this. Do you know what I mean? 
I think many more people, if you know, if um, if the dirties was right next to the latest um, Marvel movie, large majority of people are going to go and watch the Marvel movie. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's just the culture that we live in. But mm, and that's like that's what I sort of like about um, that's what I sort of like about the internet, and that's what I like about sites like Letterboxed to an extent, because like especially on Letterboxd. Letterboxd is a site where people can review movies and now TV shows as well, which is sort of like cool. I th- I, I sort of liked it as a movie platform, but that's that's fine. Um, but you can find a lot of movies. I think I feel like it's a, it's a better way than scrolling through Wikipedia, et cetera, et cetera, to find movies by the same director or the same stars or similar sort of movies as well in a similar sort of vein. Like you're not just watching... You know, for people who actually want to watch films. Because, see, I'm somebody who loves filmmaking and I want to get better at it. And then some, for, for the longest time, I'd only watch comedy sort of stuff. And it's like, that's not just... I don't want to be just like, a, um, have this one skill, have this one genre that I could be good at sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. I've, I've I've been wanting to watch, like, um, you know, movies of different genres. And I tend to lean towards a lot more independent movies. Obviously there's some other, you know, movies made by, you know, the big movie studios, but there's so many great movies that are made by independent production companies, even if they are released by, you know, Sony or whatever distributor. There's a lot of great movies, independent ideas, original ideas that are made by these little tiny movie producers. Um, Mm-hmm. Which I find very interesting. It's the future. I think I it think, is too. I think, hmm. I think we've reached the peak of big blockbuster budgets. I think this, all these COVID protocols and the fact that we had the year that we had for like blockbuster movies, like just with COVID affecting all of the releases and whatnot, and then the rise of streaming platforms is like no coincidence. Like. HBO right now is taking all of their big blockbusters and just releasing them on their streaming platform because they want to get more subscribers. But at the end of the year, when all of these block, like million, it's going to be billions of dollars spent on these movies. Like, and all they're going to have is, you know, however many subscriptions they get, they're $15 a month. Like it's the future is streaming platforms and subscriber count alone is not enough to sustain and like fund Hollywood movies. It's not going to make sense for HBO or Warner brothers or whatever to, to shell out, to make these big movies that who knows if they're going to be able to go in theaters. I mean, Christopher Nolan, like kind of blew the blew it for everybody there. Um, trying to get his movie out when um, he did with tenant but mm. i don't know the future of of movies and cinema is like i don't think it's gonna be bigger marvel movies and bigger superman movies or whatever i think it's gonna be smaller movies straight to streaming and um yeah i mean we're already kind of seeing that it, it'd be i feel like there's, there's two ways it could go it's either more movies that are less expensive or it's less movies that are more expensive. And that's a very sort of broad sort of thing, but I feel like... Yeah, but we've already seen the second one, right? We're, we're in the second stage right now. We're seeing less movies with more expensive. Like, 
like Warner Brothers and maybe not so much Disney because Disney has so many properties right now. But just Warner Brothers, like all they need is like Batman versus Superman or whatever their their superhero movie they're releasing, Wonder Woman. All they need is a, like one hit movie and, and they can fund all of their little Oscar Beatty movies. And like that's what they that's what their business model is right now. It's like a what's it called when cost whatever it's it's a business term i'm not a businessman maybe maybe no. you know what i'm saying but, but i know i know exactly you know what i mean like you, you mm. have one thing that yeah see that's so why disney's going to be fine like that's why disney's going to be fine because you know they might have you know all these different properties you know obviously i i feel like all those a lot of those disney channel shows for example aren't the most um you know expensive thing to produce really like you know making their sets having certain people there blah 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 but then you know all the money it makes off that through ad revenue etc cetera, etc cetera, most of that's going to be pushed onto making you know the latest disney film or whatever um and that's how it seems to work do you know what i mean like they have these cheap cheap little things and then all of that money is look at you know it's, disney's a big business the money can just shift anywhere some projects fund yeah other no projects. like i'm yeah, I'm less worried about Disney. It's more of like other like other major studios like, you know, Universal or Paramount or whatever. Like studios that rely so much on ticket sales and box office numbers that aren't, you know, associated with this don't have exclusive deals with streaming platforms. I think they're gonna have to like figure out how to how to shake things up. But it's, it almost seems like every studio has its like Mission Impossible or has its um, Fast and Furious or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, every studio's got its one big franchise that will keep it afloat for a little bit longer, but... And when you when you think about that, it's like, okay, Fast and Furious, people aren't just watching the movie. They're buying the merch, they're, um, you know, they're watching the videos that are put out by the studio on YouTube, and that's getting ad revenue. There's many, many different forms of revenue they can make from a movie outside of people buying tickets to the movie or buying DVDs, or in this case, subscribing to whatever streaming service there is. But it'll be interesting to see how much that... Because there's still going to be money. Like, this money's... Obviously, you know, the economy's gone down, etc., etc. But I don't think that it's going to kill the industry. I think it'll just be, you know, certain movies will not need this big of a budget. And it's sort of proven that there's, you know, with independent filmmaking that, you know, you can make a really good movie with less money. Do you know what I mean? You might have to sacrifice a few mm-hmm. things. You know, it might have to take out a certain scene in a movie, but you can replace it with just as strong as a scene if you're a good filmmaker. It all comes back to the filmmaking, really. Do you know what I mean? Like, to make people, yeah. you know, and that's where it comes back to. Um, but yeah. I find that very interesting. Um, before yeah. we before we do sum up, Logan, did you want to stick around for a Patreon exclusive episode with me for just you know half an hour? Yeah, sure. Easy, good. Yeah, um, a little bit of time. What I wanted to ask you before we sort of um, clock off what what do you what do you see as the um, for you yourself? What do you see as your sort of future projects? Do you think it is in this sort of like you know narrative podcasting? Do you think it's do you want to expand into sort of like um, more movie stuff, more video stuff? Um, do you have sort of a, a, a grand scheme idea? 
do you sort of have a have a, have a plan um, for you want to want to make, or is it just see how things goes and we'll go from there? Um, I mean, it's I guess it's a little bit of both. Um, I am working on a, I guess you would call it a documentary right now. Um, that's yeah, a visual thing. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very interested in like just just how we how what the future holds for like visual content and and what what that's like like platforms like TikTok and like like Quibi before they 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 were massacred or whatever and whatnot like i, I th- like i i just think the traditional model of like hoping to get your movie picked up at Sundance or whatever and then get like a limited run. Like, I think that's just like starting to dwindle. I think there are more, more con, more and more content, more and more high quality content is being released on the internet in, in various forms, not just like YouTube or even Vimeo or whatever, but like, like I want to see like movies on like TikTok. Like, you know, I want to see that platform like evolve and change. Um, and and podcasting too. Like I want to see more unique podcasts. Like it's, it's such a frugal space that like, it seems like podcasting of all the other genres and like formats and, and media podcasting is the only like art form that went right from like the, the inception stage to like a commercialized thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Like, it 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 was a snap of somebody's finger before like somebody figured out how to monetize it and like now it's been so corporatized and now people see see you know the 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 money value in podcasts which is good i maybe but but we lose a lot because of that and um so it's like i almost want to see podcasts take a step backward you know what i mean no i do like i i want to mm. see more experimentation i i want to see more unique things um, rather than just like, oh, you got $5 Shave Club to sponsor you. Good job. Um, or whatever. Because there's, ex- there's expectation uh, of what a podcast should be. As we said, as we said mm-hmm. right at the beginning, just people talking and then there's a fucking Dollar Shave Club out at the start and then a Manscaped ad at the end. And that's what people think podcasting is. But it's so, so much more than that. Absolutely. Yeah, Exactly. So, I don't know. I like to take people's expectations and and work with them in in a way or against them in in other ways. So, um, just creating projects that can almost have a life of its own elsewhere. Like, who said this? I think it was Jacques Tati. He's like a French filmmaker or whatever. Um, he said, like, I I want the movie to start after you've left left the theater. You know what I mean? I like that. Like, mm-hmm. you should make content that 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 inspires people beyond, you know, their phone or their computer or the t- television screen or whatever. It should stay with them and and continue a life elsewhere, um, just through inspiration and, and whatnot. But I like that. I'm I'm rambling here. I'm I'm at the end, so I'm like, oh no, I have to like start whipping out French quotes and whatnot, but. Well, it was a fucking good French quote to end things. <laughs> Thank you, Logan. I appreciate you coming on. Um, this has been On We Talk.
Um, we're going to talk a bit more. It's going to be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash onwe, E-N-N-U-I, if you don't know how to spell it. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining me, Logan. And if those who are still going to come listen, you can come do that. So yeah. 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 Good stuff. On We Talk is hosted by Matthew Winner, produced by On We. You can listen to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watch it in its entirety at youtube.com slash TV one You can show your support by becoming an On We Plus member, where you get exclusive series and podcasts, early access, and member-only perks. Join us at onwe.tv forward slash plus. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.